What a blessing. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, for your direction. We pray for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We pray, Lord, that you give us the spirit of revelation. Flood our hearts and minds with light through your word. In Jesus' name. We thank you for our prophet's life and thank you for giving us a church that you have taught to honor its prophet. And we thank you, Lord, for all the great things that we get to experience. Great things we have heard, great things we have seen with our, our eyes, great scriptures modeled right before our eyes. We thank you for this great blessing. We ask, oh God, that on this day you will remember him, that you will promote him even higher in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will bless his ministry and bless all who are connected to him. Bless all who wish him well. Bless anything his hands shall find to do. We are his sons and daughters and Lord, we are grateful that you gave us such a person to father and lead us and guide us we see that as your goodness towards us and we pray Lord that we'll never take it for granted thank you for the mercy you have shown us in putting us in such a great church family we're grateful to you Lord today we ask again that you will bless and help Lord teaching of your word in Jesus name and everybody says amen amen now you may be seated please hallelujah right so today is um, honor your prophet Sunday and um, I believe that it is a blessing amen I'm glad that God put me in a church that honors its prophet, amen, amen. or its pastor, or its teacher, amen? amen, in the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, let's read Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6 is a book and chapter that every Christian must know. But it turns out that most Christians know verse 7. So let's reverse by one verse so that we can read verse 6 and that way verse 7 will make even more sense. Amen. So Verse 6 says, let him that is taught in the word communicate to him that teacheth 
in all good things. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, verse 7, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. Amen. So, let's read the New Living Translation, because I think we enjoyed it last time we read it. So, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6 says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Sharing all good things with them. Amen. Amen. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Then verse 7 says, do not be misled. Do not be misled. Don't get it wrong. You cannot mock or trick God. Amen. Or the justice of God. Okay. That is the fairness of God. Do you see? You will always harvest what you plant. Amen. You will always harvest what you plant. Then we read yet another version. The New International Version. So let's go international now. And go to the New International Version. It says over there in verse 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Amen. Then verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Amen. A man does what? He reaps what he sows. Amen. This is something that God is telling us about humans. About, about humans. Do you get it? Yeah. Um, it's like somebody saying that um, snakes don't like noise. Or they don't like being disturbed. Do you get it? You have no business trying to argue with that. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to argue with that. It's a fact you just accept. Right? Now the Bible is telling us something about men, humans. And it says humans, the way we are set up, we reap what we sow. Amen. And so it's important that we sow the right things in order to reap the right things. So I'm grateful to God that we have in our church a day that we set aside to honor our prophet and honor the gift of God uh, who has been used by God to be a blessing to us in many ways. You know, as I came in today, I remembered one video that um, uh, was made some years ago, and um, uh, they were able to pull it up, and I want to show you that video again. It's a short clip, but to me, it sums up uh, how much teaching and great teaching over the years we have received from our prophet. Do you see? 
that God has used him to teach us many things. I was listening to the testimonies and um, I, I heard them. I heard them as they spoke about what they have learned and the impact of the ministry that you are being taught things. It's like being in a home. You know, when, when children and parents are at home, the whole experience is the school. <laughs> do, do you get it? Is there any of you where your parents sat you down 8 to 12? This is now teaching time. This is where we learn manners. This is where we are going to learn how to eat. This is where we're going to learn how to speak to adults, how to respond to adults. There's nothing like that in a home situation. The whole experience, just from the time you wake up in a classroom, you get it. And you go to bed in the classroom. And even while you are sleeping, the lessons are still being taught. You know? So if you get to share your parents' bed or something, and in the middle of your night, you find your feet on their face, then they're going to grab them in the middle of the night and toss them away. <laughs> Do you see? And that's a lesson right there. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. And sometimes they're going to wake you up at night and send you to the bathroom so you don't wet the bed isn't it yes and they will send you and you don't feel like going and they will send you that I mean the lessons continue throughout the day throughout the night (laughs) are you getting what I'm saying yes and so you don't even realize what you are learning and how much you have learned because there was never a formal setting created called lesson time. Do you see where lessons were being given? But you were being trained. You were evolving and you things were being stripped of you. You know, your mind concerning certain things was being formed and your mind as you have received concerning certain things in other places was being changed and transformed. Do you get it? And when enough of it happens, you turn out well as a good, a great person, great company, someone who is pleasant and and, and enjoyable to live with. Do you get it? Now, when enough of that doesn't happen, yeah, then you are sent off to be a nightmare onto someone. (laughs) You get it? Yes, who doesn't know what they've gotten until they get home and open the package? Then they realize that it didn't work out. Hallelujah. So I'm just saying that while we've been in this church, I have known the prophet for more than 30 years. Yes, more than 30 years. You know, you should should remember I played the piano at his wedding. (laughs) Yeah, so that, that, that is a great privilege that... Um, I mean, you know, I have to hold on to that. (laughs) So if you want to take even that as my first day, that should be more than 30 something years, you know, but that was not even my first day. Otherwise I wouldn't get the chance to play it. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But we go that far back. Amen. And in all that time, I have only known instruction, lessons, direction. I've learned so much. And, you know, sometimes I get amazed that how can one life pour out so much and endlessly so? 
You see, as I watched him preach this morning, I mean, he just flew in yesterday from Central African Republic. And by the way, we'll see some of those photos um, today. Today, you should just relax, isn't it? You should, you, should just, you should just relax, man, you know, right. So um, I'll show you some of those photos, but he just got back yesterday. And yet this morning, I mean, first of all, he was on the flow at seven o'clock. He was on the flow church service with a very powerful message, gave 35 steps or 25 steps, something like that. Uh, yes. And then after that, he was in the experience service. And that also was a whole other thing, you know. And then when he finished, he said, I, I don't know, I have energy for one more hour. <laughs> you know, just pouring and pouring. But it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. The Bible says the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. So when you see a man doing things that are impossible with men, ordinary men, start thinking about God operating in that person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, because that's what the scripture says. It says the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. That means that man with God, those things become possible. So if those things, you are seeing those things, it's a sign that God is with the person. And when God is with you, it's endless. It's like being connected to the ocean. You get it? Yeah, it's like a tap that's connected or a, a, a hose that's connected to the ocean. It will never stop flowing. Hallelujah. And so I believe that God has used him greatly to bless us. You, do you have that video? Is it ready? Yeah, let's just, just show it to us. Look at this video. It's just a minute. And... Um, just watch it. It's from another year. How to relate to your pastor. How to develop your faith for the ministry. How to relate with your boss. How faith works. How to overcome death. How to enjoy your work. How to be successful. How to enter your promised land. How to avoid evil. How to help. How blessed people became blessed. How do you catch this anointing? How to handle Judas. How to possess the land. How to have a supernatural life. How to pray in the spirit. How to develop the seed of greatness in you. How to make prophecies come true in your life. Wow. Did you see that? Yes. I think that video sums it up, isn't it? 
it's a good video that shows you how much we have learned, how much we have been taught, and we are continuing to learn through preaching, teaching, videos, books, books. Right now, we have about 40 million books in print. 40 million books in print, yes, in more than 50 languages. Is that correct? How many languages? 49 languages. 49 languages, you know. So last two weeks when they were preaching in Madagascar, um, no, actually it was three weeks ago when they were in Madagascar and preaching, there were books there in the Malagasy language, and they they were actually, uh, um, you know, just reading the books in their language. Do you see? Yeah. And their language is a very interesting one. (laughs) Everything is fanana something. (laughs) Yeah. They can't do without the the vowel A and F and N. You know, they can't do without it, yes. Sometimes he would say something very long and the guy would still say fanananana something. I said, wow, this guy. Is he sure he's saying the right things? So it is a blessing, amen. And um, we are grateful to God for his life. And later on in this service, I'm going to give you a chance to show your love and appreciation, amen, um, by giving a gift. Amen. And um, if you don't have it today, don't worry. It doesn't have to happen only today. It can happen tomorrow, during the week, whenever. But be sure to take the opportunity because it's being given you. Amen. And remember, the Bible says, a man sows what he reaps, what he sows. Amen. And so if we sow honor, we will reap honor by the grace of God. Amen. Now, we as a church are taking the opportunity of the season to learn about honor. Do you see? And now, one of the reasons why learning about honor and how to honor properly or what it means to honor is because about half of your life is tied to honor. That's what the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 6, if you would go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, And verse 2, the Bible says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. You know, I thought it was half of your life, but I just realized it's your whole life. (laughs) Yes. I realize that your whole life actually is determined because your life is divided into two, which is existing, that you would even live. That's one. And number two, that while you are alive, it will be well with you. It will go well with you. Amen. So look at the verse again. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Amen. How many want to enjoy long life on earth? Raise your hand if you want to enjoy long life on earth. 
Wow, a whole lot of you. Okay, wonderful. I didn't think that people were so interested in long life, but it's a blessing. Otherwise, God won't be giving it as a reward for honor. Do you see? Yes. And he says that you will enjoy long life. Now, what about the next one? It says, so that it may go well with you. Do you see? So that it may go well with you. Because sometimes it's just not well with us. It's just not going well with us. Yeah. One of the reasons why people give up in life is because it's just not going well with you and you don't seem to have the keys to fix it. You don't seem to be able to alter it. Extra education doesn't change it. Changing jobs does not seem to change it. Changing partners does not seem to change it. You get it? Yes, changing genders does not even seem to change it. You get it? So it doesn't seem to respond to anything you can change. It's just not going well with you. And there seems to be a power that has set you on a certain track and you can't seem to get off it. Do you see? Yeah. Have you ever missed your way on a freeway before and you can't easily make a U-turn? And you, you have to keep going and keep going. Yeah, because they are either fixing the road or something and they've blocked all the exits and you have to travel about 30 miles south to correct a mistake that you made. Yeah. You see the road, the road is pulling you in a direction and you're helpless. You, you have the will to change, but you don't have the ability to effect that change. Hallelujah. So such is life for many people, but I see you being taken out of that in the name of Jesus. Why? Because God gives you the key. In instruction. Amen. God is giving us the key. And God says that the key to longevity and the key to well-being in this life is how you honor. Do you understand? How you honor. He says it's connected to honor. If you honor your father and you honor your mother... He says, it will be well with you and you will live long on this earth. Hallelujah. I mean, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with the one who made the earth when he tells you what it takes to survive in it. Isn't it? You can't argue with God. You didn't make yourself. You didn't even bring yourself here into the world. So, when you have arrived or you found yourself here and the one who made it says, here are two keys for survival here. One of them will give you longevity and the other one is a determinant of quality of life as you are surviving in this place. 
We need to respect him and try to hear what he's saying. Hallelujah. Now, so we're talking about honor and it turns out that it's not only our parents that must be honored, but God through his word has designated certain people that must also be honored in our lives. Amen. Amen. And honor is one of those words that um, if someone does not break it down for you, you will not know exactly what to do and call it honor. Do you understand? You take the one as it relates to parents, for example. I mean, if someone doesn't teach you how to honor your parents, you can actually get it wrong. It's one of the things we presume that we know, but we don't. You know, we don't. Because, I mean, the way the parental relationship is even set up, I mean, you know, some things like respect and so on, depending on which parents you have, um, um, even if you don't give it naturally, some parents will make sure. Uh, <laughs> they will whoop it up in you. It will be, it will be cultivated. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need to be taught how to honor. Amen. And once again, we have the same person whom we are honoring today who has written a book on how those who honor you, how it teaches you what it is about. And actually, if you take your time and go through this book, you, you understand so much about honor. I was telling you the other day, I, I meet some young kids, you know, on Saturdays, I have a small meeting with some young people and the last couple of weeks, we've been going through how to honor, how to honor their parents, you know. And they, they, they are all telling me that they, they are now seeing and learning, you know, a whole new thing about what it means to honor their parents. He said they didn't really understand it before. They just know and they're told, honor your father and mother, honor your father. But what it means, you see, what it really means so we've been going through it practically, and, and it's the same things we've been sharing here. I've just been going through some of the points in the book, and we, we're learning so much about how to actually honor your parents. Like there's a chapter here about levels of honor, which we talked about, I think, last week. And then there is um, the next chapter talks about how to honor someone by thinking properly. <laughs> how to honor someone by thinking properly. Then there's how to honor someone by acknowledging him, right? Then there is also how to honor someone by adapting to him. You honor someone by adapting yourself to the person, right? Then there is how to honor someone by paying attention to his words, okay? Then there is how to honor someone with your substance, you get it? So this part, like what we're doing today, where we honor the person with our substance, where we give a gift, is only one of the many ways and steps towards honoring someone. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't even come first, 
It doesn't even come first. There are so many other steps which if you miss and you do this, it negates it and neutralizes the gift. Have you ever received a gift from someone you didn't want? (laughs) Someone is thinking, not me. (laughs) Because you haven't received enough gifts. Yes. But I have received a gift before where I felt like sending the gift right back to the person. (laughs) I won't lie to you. (laughs) And it was a cash gift. (laughs) Yes. And it was a large amount too. Yes. Or at least a significant amount. And I wanted to send the gift right back. You know, these days it comes very fast. And I was going to send it back before he even closes his phone. <laughs> I'm telling you. I was going, and, and, and I, I was going to make it such that he wonder if the, the, the Zelle system is broken. <laughs> you know. I was going to send it right back to him and then follow it up with a text message. Yes, a text message with a particular verse from the Bible. Oh, yes. (laughs) I had the feelings. Yes. Because I felt that for some other reasons and for some other things the person has done, You get it? This gift was totally hypocritical. It was like you are throwing dust into my face or trying to, uh, I don't know, what what was he trying to do? Yeah, I just felt that, look, don't don't come and give me a gift. You, you are the last one. When all gift givers are finished, then you must come. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm saying that there are other things that we do that cancel any gift that we give to people. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Because many of the people that we need to honor are often higher than us and therefore do not really need a gift from us. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Most of the time, they don't really need a gift. I mean, you take even your parents. At the time that you're supposed to be honoring your parents, like honoring your parents, I'm not talking about your retired father who doesn't work and now needs you to look at. That one is not honoring. That is what the Bible says, requiting. Let me, let me show you that verse. You must, you must, you must see this verse. Ooh. I think I'm preaching already. I'm going to show you that verse. Right? Yes. And check the meaning of required before we even read the verse. Required is spelled R E Q U I T and E. Okay. What is the meaning of that word? Is what? To return, reciprocate, pay back. That's what it means. 
You get it? What does it say? It says required. Make appropriate return for a favor, service, or wrongdoing. Can you see that? Yeah, return a favor to someone. To return similar, similar. To return, reciprocate, match, reward, repay, recompense, and the last one which I cannot mention. (laughs) But can you see that verse? Uh, No, that word. That's the meaning of the word. All right? Now look at the verse. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4. He says, but if any widow, First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4. If any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents. Can you see that? Yes. To requite their parents for that is good and acceptable before God. Do you see what I'm saying? So parents are supposed to be paid back. Do you get it? Yeah. So when your mom or dad is either too old to work or too sick or weak to work, or for some reason they're grown up as needy adults, and now you have to do something, that's not honoring. Do you get it? That is doing your job. That is paying back. Paying back. Back what? Do you want us to go into that in this message? (laughs) Paying back. Oh, yes. Monies that could have been spent on themselves that were spent on you. The food you ate in their home. The places they took you. The favors they did you. The bills they paid without arguing with you. Now you have to pay bills for them and you want to argue with them. Yes. How they split their one income into raising five of you. And now the five of you are arguing about five incomes that can't raise one of them. Yeah. With their one income, they raised five of you. Now you have five incomes and you are arguing about raising just them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's because many people are ungrateful. And that's why you can have sometimes parents have to beg. They have to beg their children for things you know, can you please send me this? Can you please give me this? Can you do this? And then you say, why? Do you have to call me all the time for everything? Why? Don't you know that? I also have a husband and I also have a wife and children. You know, don't you know that? Do I have to give you everything? But what about, am I the only child you have? What about my siblings? Why don't you ask them to? And then you are turning this whole thing into something 
You have not even begun to approach the gates of Anna. No, Anna usually is not associated with a need. No. Otherwise, every time you give to a beggar by the roadside, you have honored them. But you know that's not what you're doing. (laughs) When you stop at the stoplight and one of those guys comes up and is asking for something and they're saying homeless, they have that sign. Have you seen those people? They have a sign and they say that, you know, some, no, no, nothing to eat or something like that. Yeah. 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 And sometimes they are there with their dog. <laughs> you get it? Yes. And the whole family is there. You get it? Now you tell me that when you give them $20 at that point, you are honoring them. Do you think that's what you're doing? No. no. You're meeting a need. Yeah, and as long as it meets a need, it's not honor. Honor is always associated with needlessness. I don't have to do this for you. You're not asking me for this. You don't even need me to do this. But I am doing it to show what you're worth to me. That's it. The only message in honor is I need to show you what you're worth to me. Do you understand? Yes. That's why you find many times when you go to, uh, you watch, you know, presidents and so on. When they visit countries, they give them gifts. You know, all those things, you know, they're not going to use them. (laughs) You get it. If an American president goes to Ghana and you give him one of those Ghanaian kente cloths, you know, that they, they can barely wear it, you know, <laughs> you get it. Yeah, they receive it and they give it to the protocol people and that's probably the last time they see it. Do you, do you get it? And as you're giving it to them, you even know that they're not going to wear it because you will never see President Bush ever wearing that cloth. Never. You, you get it? Yeah. Maybe it's July 4th and he's wearing it um, just to remind himself that he once went to Ghana. No, you will never see him wearing it. But we still do it. Do you get it? So when people don't understand Anna, they actually call it a waste. The other name for Anna is waste. Do you understand? Yes, when Anna is being redescribed by a person whose mind is not trained to understand what it is, they call it a waste. Are you understanding the word of God today? Yes. So we need to learn how to honor people, how to honor, how to enter the realms of honor. So you see, there was a woman called Mary, who came to, you know, break some ointment. Let's read that story. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, the book of John chapter 12. And I want you to read the New Living Translation on this one, okay? So John chapter 12 and from verse one, it says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, 
the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Can you see that? A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Can you see that? Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Now, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. The Bible has caught a thief. (laughs) Do you see the thing? Yeah. Yeah. But I want you to notice what Anna is. You see, from what this woman did, that she had this perfume. I mean, I don't know which perfume would cost today a year's wages. I mean, how much is a year's wages even at minimum wage? What? $40,000 maybe? That's a year's wages at minimum wage. About 40000 Right. So which perfume would cost $40,000? Someone should just Google $40,000 perfume. Which one it is? Maybe there may be one. It depends on it. You found one that's $21,000. Uh-huh. Anik Gutal. And that one is how much? $765 per ounce. Okay, how, how many ounces are we allowed to travel with? Like three. Three or four. Yeah. Oh, so that's, then that's not very expensive. That's less than $1,000 per ounce means to travel, you would have about $4,000 worth of it. It's small. We, the whole bottle is 21000 This one, the whole bottle from Harrods, from Harrods is $21,000. And what, what's the size? Uh-huh. I mean, you need to have, I mean, so you need about two, 1,500 mils. Is it mils or ounces? It's fluid ounces. It's fluid ounces, yes, yes. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, if you have $4,000, you can travel with one of these. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and this one is what? 1,500 mils. Is that a lot? 50 ounces. 50 ounces. Oh, that's small. 50 ounces is like the smaller one. Three, uh, three, three ounces. Three, three ounces is 100 mil. So 50 ounces will be 1.5 mil. Right? Yeah. But anyway, look, the bottle you are showing us is not a barrel. <laughs> 
Yeah? This is 17,000. Yeah. It's, it's, this is 30, 30 ounces for 17,000. Yeah? Yeah. We need the one that cost 40,000 so we know the one that the woman put on Jesus Christ. Do you get it? Now, can you get the feeling, you know, imagine that we came to church and someone says that, okay, this one is 21,000. Yes. Can you raise it a little bit so we see the bottle? Raise it up a little bit and let's see. It's the last one in stock. Moses, please. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it right there. It's 21,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so 21,000. So John, Jack, and Moses can split it. One each. But there's only the last one, you see. So I think, uh, yeah. Now, can you imagine that I came to church and then um, um, Leah, because she has long hair today. Leah is waiting at the door with one of these. You get it? Yeah, it's <laughs> Lalik. Is that the name? <laughs> ah, Solil, Solel, Solel. Soler, Soler Lalik. Yes. Leah, I'm showing you what to bring to church next Sunday. <laughs> Lalik Soler. What does it mean? <laughs> right. Now, I'm just saying, don't miss it. I'm saying that, can you imagine that we came to church and then, um, what's the name? Leah, Leah has one of these, a $21,000 perfume and something that we all recognize as being expensive, you know, and you saw her with one and then as I come into the service, she just breaks it. Can you see that? It's very easy to be Judas. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't condemn Judas too quickly. You would have said the same. Yeah. It's like, does she have to use all of this? We could sell it. And if we sell it, what would we do? We would have outreaches. Heal, somebody said healing Jesus campaign. <laughs> we can build two churches. Yes. That's what we would have said. Do you understand? Now let's read it. Let's quickly finish the story. Yeah. It, all right. <laughs> This must be the one the woman had. <laughs> this must be a million dollars per ounce. 
What a shock. It must be what the woman had. It must be this one. Yeah, because I don't think Mary was a minimum wage earner. All our calculations are based on minimum wage. But look at the verse. Look at the verse. It says, Jesus replied, verse 7, Jesus replied. This is when Judas had said, it should have been sold and the money given to the poor. This is when Judas said that. You know, many of us would have agreed with Judas right there. Even if we didn't clap for him, we would be agreeing mentally. Yes. That's, that, that's, that's it. That's it right there. Yeah, later on when we sit in our car on our way home, we'll start to say, you know, I, I, I agreed with this Judas. You know, what just Judas said, you know. But yeah, yeah. You see, but you have to be careful when you are agreeing with people and agreeing with comments and so on. Because what you don't know is what is in their heart. What you know is what they have said. But in the case of Judas, you can see that the Bible gives us an insight into what is behind what he said. He was looking not for the poor, but he was looking for an opportunity to steal. (laughs) He felt that if this thing was even put in the offering, there would be a lot. You get it? And if my general cut is 15%... (laughs) of every Sunday offering. I mean, when this million dollar thing comes in there, 15% pays off my house. (laughs) Yes. So next time you hear someone make a funny comment about the church or about the pastor or something, just tell yourself, this is what I've heard. Do you understand? What I don't know is the root of this. The part of this that is underground, the part of this that's inside, that's not visible, you know, this is the part that is visible, but there is an invisible part. So you can't agree yet, lest you add yourself to a thief. Do you see? Now, what was Jesus' reaction to what the woman had done? Jesus' response is, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Because Jesus does not fight honor. Jesus knew what it meant. What the woman had done. Which another person was calling a waste. Was actually honor. And Jesus knew it. And he said, leave her alone. You mean she put a million dollars on the floor in the church? Jesus said, that's okay. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Then he said, because she has done this against my burial. Do you see? She has done it against my burial. In other words, she has done something which you all will come to do later. Except that yours will come too late. Yours will come when I'm being buried. Do you see? Yeah. But she has done this thing. And so she came and Jesus said, and it says, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see God's attitude towards honor. That honor actually involves splurging on someone something that he does not even need. 
Yes. So now, take this and apply it to that verse even towards your parents and see how far short you have fallen. <laughs> even requiting, you are barely, <laughs> you are barely touching it. <laughs> yes. I see people arguing about, you know, buying things for their parents, even traveling to go and see them. Yeah, I see people arguing about traveling, spending $1,000, $1,500 or whatever to go see their parents, just to go see them. Something they will do against their burial. If they were dead, there would be no question about going to see them. But while they are alive, it's just too much money. It's too much money to spend just to go see your face. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just imagine it. Some of you have children whom you live with even when you don't see them one or two afternoons. Not even one or two hours. <laughs> you get it? Yes. You start looking everywhere. One time we went to, I don't remember which one it was, but we had some event recently and Ini couldn't find Kara. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Recently, yeah. Did you see how she was turning blue? Ini, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know you're watching us, so, so I'm saying it, yes. She was just changing right before our eyes. Now just imagine it, that you have given birth to your children and somebody has come to marry your daughter and taken your daughter away. Do you get it? To some place. And when your daughter has to go and say hello to their mother, it becomes an issue. Really? <laughs> no, you have to think about some of these things and you realize that, you know, if we're talking about even required, so don't even start saying that you are honoring your father and your mother. You, are, you have not even, if you have to, pay, it's like someone who owes you money and the person says, the person owes you about $200 and the person comes to you and says, hello, here's a gift of $50 because it's your birthday. You know, you want them to take it back and say, listen, what about the 200 <laughs> Yeah. So you can't even begin to talk about honoring parents yet. And so you see how far short we fall when it comes to honor. And many of us do not honor the people that must be honored in our lives. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, the last chapter of this book talks about honoring with ease. And let me share a couple of points from there with you. And I'll leave you to read the rest on your own. Amen. How to honor with ease. And that's in chapter 13, I believe it is. Honoring with ease. Okay. So how to honor with ease. Number one is you must honor with love and faith. You must honor with what? Love and faith. In other words, you cannot honor someone that you don't love 
or someone that you do not believe in, someone that you do not respect. Do you get it? Yes. So if you want to honor easily, you must love the person you are honoring, you know. And when you love someone, it will be easy to honor them. When you genuinely love someone, you know, honoring them is not hard. But when you don't love the person, honoring the person is a chore for you. It's, it's, it's difficult. It becomes a job. It becomes something that you must sort of even remind yourself to do or force yourself to do. Do you know any things you do that you have to force yourself to do? That, do does, can you think of something? What, like going to work? <laughs> yeah. So to that, I'll say, pray that God gives you a job you love. Yeah. When God gives you a job you love, they have to stop you from working. They have to remind you it's time to go home. And you'll be saying, oh, but we just came. And that's after 10 hours of working. And you say, we just came. Yeah. If you have a job where you can't wait for it to end. Like maybe I start preaching. Oh God, when am I going to finish? <laughs> you know, and, and I have to preach again next week. Hey, Pastor Charles, can you preach more? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's a sign that you have a wrong job. You get it? But God answers prayer. God can align your hobbies with the means by which you earn a living. Such that your work and your play are hard to tell apart. Do you get it? When you're playing and when you're working, we can't tell the difference. Because your hobby and playing has run into your work and your work has run into your hobby and your playing you get it and when that happens you are prime for success you do well yeah because hard work doesn't have to you know you don't have to be counseled to work hard you get it? Yes. Because you just be doing it. In fact, you have to be stopped if you, do, if you are not stopped. And if you look at all these people who are doing very, very well, you find that what they do, they really love. There's no one who is doing something that he doesn't really love, but who is succeeding in bounds. Even if he's an armed robber, he must love it. <laughs> yeah. The adrenaline, he loves the tension about to be caught, almost almost being caught, almost being caught, and they didn't catch me. <laughs> and he just loves it. <laughs> it gives a thrill. It's like he's watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So pray that prayer. Do you get it? But I tell you that um, if we really were to admire or love people. If you love someone, if you respect someone, honoring them is not difficult. Do you get it? Yes. So to love, to honor with ease, develop a love for the people 
that we have to honor. Amen. Amen. Develop a love for them and we will be rewarded. You will be blessed. Amen. Number two is honor with acceptance and admiration. Honor with acceptance and admiration. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. To honor someone, you have to accept the person. You you have to accept. You see, um, people are such that if you take them completely, it's not uncommon that there are things about people that you don't really, I don't really enjoy this or like this or whatever. Have you seen something like that before? Yes. But when you accept someone, what you say is that, you're, in fact, you see, to accept someone usually it's based on having the right focus. Okay. Do you get it? Yes, it's, it's based on looking at the right things. Okay. And you accept the person, you, you accept that this is who God has given me. This is who God has sent to me. This is who God has brought into my life. And it is true. You see, because it takes God for you to have somebody in your life. Oh yes. It takes God for you to have somebody in your life. So when I was listening to Caitlin's testimony, I was just thinking, it's the Lord. It is the Lord who brought Caitlin into the church. Yes, regardless of who invited you and so on, it is the Lord. The Bible says no one can come to me except the Father draws him. So God is the one tugging on your heart and drawing you, you see. And that attraction is God who is doing that work. Do you see? So when God draws you, whoever he draws you to, you have to accept the person. Do you get it? And all of us are nothing other than human beings. Do you see? Yes, and because we are human beings, well, it may not be every single thing about us that you may like. You may not like the way I talk. You may not like my height. You prefer a lighter pastor like the prophet. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, but if that is who God has brought into your life, you accept the person. Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, and to accept somebody means to put the questioning to rest. Stop questioning, it's enough. Yeah. As long as you are still on edge, you are still standing up in your heart. Do you see? Yeah, you are still standing up in your heart. And you are still arguing back and forth. And you are still questioning and what is this and who is this and why is this and all so many things. Then you haven't reached the point of accepting. But when you get to the place of accepting, you just take the person as he is. Do you get it? So while others had questions, this woman we read about, this Miss Mary, I mean she had accepted that Jesus is a very great person. Oh yes. She had accepted that he was worth her perfume. 
She probably had it waiting. I don't think it was just coincidental to his coming. Because remember, the Bible says the lunch or dinner was held in his honor. It was to honor him. I mean, again, I told you that honor involves waste. What dinner are you going to make for the man who multiplies five loaves two? (laughs) Do you see? You have already entered waste. (laughs) Yeah. You are making food for the wrong person. (laughs) You are making the food for the wrong person already. By inviting Jesus to a dinner... You should, if you are serious, you should be making food for the homeless, not for the one who takes a loaf of bread and multiplies it to feed 5,000 people. No. But their mind was, I know you can do it, but that's not what this is about. I don't think you need food from me. I need you to eat my food. Do you see the difference? You don't need food from me. I need you to eat my food. That's honor. It's about me. It's not about you. Yes. If I'm meeting a need of yours, then I'm not honoring you. You get it? But I'm saying that you need to accept the person. You need to accept the person as a person who is great. Do you get it? And without accepting the man of God, you cannot honor them appropriately. You have to accept and embrace the person as this is someone that God has given to me. I like him like that. I like him. I love him. He's a good man. He's been a blessing to me. God has used him. And you need to have the right focus. You need to look at the right things. What do you think? Yes, that's the only way you can accept and admire. You know, and when you, when you accept that, you start to now enter into admiration. Yeah. Yes, when you accept something, you begin to enter into admiration. When you don't accept someone, as you continue to harbor the rejection, it leads to resentment. Yeah. You get it? When you are forced to deal with someone you don't accept, Eventually, it now degenerates into resentment. You hate the situation and you hate the person who is the cause of that situation. Are you getting it? But the opposite is also true. That when you accept someone, now you put yourself on track to enter into admiration. You get it? Yes. And admiration starts to build up with focus. When you, when you keep looking at the right thing. You see, last week we read a verse, John chapter, uh, Mark chapter 6. Look at this very quickly, please. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Quickly, please. And he went forth out from out of thence and came into his own country and his disciples follow him. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Can you see that? So do you see that this group of people are astonished? Right? 
Yes, they are astonished, somewhere between surprised and impressed and, and, and shocked. You see the thing? Yes. They could, and they, they're questioning, where, where did he get these things from? And what wisdom is this? Wow, which is given to him that such mighty works are wrought by his hands. This conclusion is based on their focus. Now, go to the next one. Verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters with, with us? And they were offended at him. So this one is a result of a shift in focus. If we look at the right things, we cannot help but be filled with admiration for people. Oh, yes. It is when our focus shifts. That's why you can see someone, you find them very beautiful. Very beautiful because all you're looking at is what you're seeing. Do you get it? Now, you get to know them more. And you see some more things and get to know some other things about the person. And then that same person begins to shrivel in your eyes. Because now the focus has shifted. Do you get it? It's shifted from the visual to what you're experiencing with the person. Do you see? And so that changes. So if you want to admire someone, you have to look at the right things. Because really, about anyone and everyone, there's something which if you focus long enough on, you just put the person away. With anyone. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Sometimes that's why you shouldn't even get too close to people. So you can maintain the right focus. So you can maintain admiration for them. Because that admiration will make you always honor them. Do you get it? Yes. If you take our church, for example. I mean, where where are those crusade campaign pictures? Can you you show us the campaign uh, pictures quickly, please, if you have them? You know, but I'm saying that for someone who gives himself to the ministry from the age of 25 and continues to build a church, and the church today is in over 90 nations. Do you get it? A church that began in one of the lowest parts of Accra where he came from. Do you get it? Yes. I mean, that's, I can show you on a map exactly where because it's next to the ocean. <laughs> it's very easy to show anybody any place along the coast. <laughs> yes, right next to the ocean. I mean, literally about maybe not more than uh, a mile. Like a mile and a half if you walk straight is to the ocean. Right? Now, look at this. You get it? Preaching the gospel. I mean... If you want to honor the person, to me, these are the things you should be focusing on. Not what someone is saying on Facebook, whom you don't even know. You get it? And we have just learned from the scriptures that you don't just go by people's comments. Because people's comments many times is a reflection of what's going on inside them. Rather than even what they are commenting on. Are you getting it? Yes. People's hearts can change. People's hearts can be affected. Evil can enter people's hearts. You get it? Yes. 
In, 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 in yesterday, I was sharing with someone about Ananias and how Ananias was lying to the pastor. And Peter told Ananias that the lie you have told is because Satan has filled your heart. You get it? So it occurred to me that when someone says something and says, oh, I mean it. It's from my heart. It's from my heart doesn't mean it's from a good source. But all of us assume that something, when something is from your heart, it's from, it's from a good source. Yes. And the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But who filled that heart with that abundance? And then you realize that Satan has actually loaded your heart with something. And that's what's making you say what you're saying. Now, when people's hearts are loaded with evil and Satan has filled their hearts to say and speak lies and all kinds of things, as the case was in Ananias and Sapphira's case. That's what you read and you now focus on that. Of course, it's going to take away your admiration. It's going to take or make it very difficult for you to come to a place of admiration. It's going to generate questions. Do you understand? Yes, it's going to. You should be, if you were to look at something like this and ask yourself, what does it take to do something like this in another person's country? <laughs> yeah. You ask yourself, what does it take? So show us another picture. Show us another picture. You see? Yes? Look at it. Do you, do you see this? Yeah. Yeah, the, what does it take? What, do you, what did you tell them? <laughs> because last night, as I was trying to fall asleep, I heard my wife was watching something and some people were complaining and was quarreling. She had found some clip on Facebook or something like that. And the people were quarreling and just talking. And I said, what is this that you're watching? What is it? So she showed it to me. When I looked at it, I saw that it was one of the political parties in Ghana. And they had um, organized people to go to a campaign. Do you know those crowds are organized? Yes. And one of the people was saying that they had not been paid. <laughs> you get it? And, and they had not been paid. This particular woman who was making a lot of noise, she was saying that what they gave to her was very small. And then she says, look at me. Elderly woman like me, I've walked all day. Even my feet are hurting and I've come, you know, because they, they gather these people together and give them money to show up like a crowd. Yes. And our crusade directors have told me more than once. One person told me that somebody came to ask him, so, so what, do you, what, what do you give to the people? It's like, how much, how much do you give to these people? Because they want to learn how to mobilize such a crowd for their political campaigns. No. So for me, if I was to focus on something like this, it will lead me to admiration. It will lead me to admiration. It will lead anybody to admiration. Oh, yes. It will soon start to look beautiful to you. Especially if you're involved in anything like this. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
And then what else do you have? What else do you have? And the healings. You see, this is another crowd. Look at them. Can you see how dense the crowd? The thing is, yes, that's it. These, these are human beings. Right? Those, those are the police officers giving their lives to Christ. It's like, that's his gun across. Put the gun down and receive Jesus as your savior. Can you see it? Yes? Yes? Pastors and leaders of the church in Central African Republic receiving the evangelists on the first day of the campaign in that country. This was the very first time Bishop Dag had been to the Central African Republic. Okay, right. Then what's the next one? This is it. This is another picture. Right? Yes. Sharing Christ with a passion. What else? Yes? This, this young boy could be, could, well, could not see at all in his left eye. The healing Jesus touched him as the evangelist prayed on the fourth night. Suddenly, he tapped his father to say, I can see with my left eye. To God be the glory. Yeah. Right? Yes? Right? The presence of security at the campaign was reassuring. <laughs> All right. Yes. What else? Yes. This man's excitement was palpable. He could not sit or stand without excruciating pain in his back. Look at him now, showing all the movements he can now do without pain. <laughs> After the power of God touched him on the second night. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Yes. What else do you have? That's a little girl. Can you see her? That's how she was. You know, I don't think we can read it. It's too small there. But the story of this girl was that she could never walk. And she used to drag herself on the floor. Like that. And they would put food on the floor to feed her. Like um, you would feed your little dog. Do you see? Now look at her. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Isn't Jesus wonderful? These miracles are performed by Jesus. Not the man. But if you watch a man that Jesus works through to that extent, you start to admire the person. Because, you know, when you see, it's not, it's not, the Bible says, if a man therefore purge himself, God will use him as a vessel unto Anna to do great things with the person. Do you understand? Yes. So, a person that God chooses to work with in this way, you start to admire the person. Unless there's something wrong with your heart. Or you don't like God himself. But I like what I see. I like what I'm looking at. I mean, look at this. I mean, look at the people. This is not, you can't fake this. You can't put this together in a foreign country. (laughs) What do you think? Yes. And I heard about a guy, even my wife had that picture, somebody who, he said, what happened? The guy who, who, it was a girl. The one the ink set came out of. 
after the prayer, during the prayer, the girl threw up. And the grandmother was explaining that she's a witch. I mean, she's a known witch. The girl is a known witch. Yes. But during the prayer, she threw up. And in the vomitus was a bug. A huge bug like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should watch it. Dead. It was, was all dead. on YouTube. This is there. <laughs> A witch. And the back end, there was a man also, I think on the first or second day, he said that as the prophet prayed from the stage and prayed, he said an insect came out of his eye, his blind eye. An insect just came out like that, and now he could see. And he was holding the insect. (laughs) Yes. All of these things that are caused by demons and devils and evil spirits operating in people, oppressing people. Do you ever wonder or ask yourself, what does it take where the man stands on the stage and says, power belongs to God. And then he prays and he speaks and then people start to crawl on the floor and people start to do all those things. Have you ever wondered what causes that? Why does a grown-up come to swim sometimes in mud, especially when it rains? And you see them still there. They can't help it. It's an anointing. And anybody who is a lover of God and a lover of anointing becomes a lover of any vessel that carries it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And that's the insect. Yes. Can you see it? Whoa, indeed. (laughs) It's serious. So if you love God and if you love anointing, you will tend to love the people who carry that anointing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. And when you honor such people, what you're honoring is not the person per se. You're honoring the thing in the person that you admire. Do you get it? So we need to be filled with admiration. And I'm showing you that to be filled with admiration, you need to be focused on the right thing. Do you get it? And we saw in the scriptures that when they shifted their focus to who are his family members? <laughs> oh, this dad is a carpenter. His sister is here. And this is here. When you start looking at the wrong things, you will end up being offended rather than astonished. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? I mean, the rest of the points, number three, is honor with a conviction. Right? You honor with a conviction, which means you must really believe in what you're doing. Mary had a conviction that the bystanders didn't have, isn't it? Yes. Mary believed that Jesus was a great man. She believed that Jesus was the son of God. She believed in spite of what anybody else thought that this man is someone, he's worth my ointment. But the others who were standing by, they didn't think so. That's why Judas said, what a waste. What a waste. Because to him, Jesus was just, you know, just Jesus. I mean, just a brother. (laughs) You see? And that also made, affected how he responded to what what, uh, he was doing. Amen. So you need to have a conviction. You need to have a conviction because, like I said, honor involves spending on someone who doesn't need it. 
So if you don't have a conviction, you know, that, com- that lack of a conviction will take the honor away. Because logic will talk you out of honoring the person. You say, ah, but the money I'm going to give to this person or this gift I'm going to give to this person, you know, I need it more than the person. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. And that will be true about anybody that you want to honor because usually the people you honor are higher than you. Do you get it? Yes. When they are honoring the president of the United States with things, you wonder what they are doing. Because the man didn't only come with his plane, he carried his car into the country. You get it? Yes. He comes with his plane like recently when they went to the queen's uh, funeral, he went with his plane and then he went with his helicopter. So even from the airport to the other parts of the country where he had to go to, he went in his helicopter. And the helicopter itself is brought by another plane. (laughs) A serious person has come into the country. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. And they brought, he brought his beast, the two of them, and then two other SUVs. Yes. All those things are flown in and they are brought there. And when they finish, they put it on the plane and take it back home. You get it? Yes. How can you give such a person a gift? What are you going to give to the person? Do you get it? But your conviction that this is someone worthy of my honor makes you do it regardless because it's something you need to do not something he needs for you to do do you get the picture yes I'm telling you again that when he needs it for you to do it it's not honor you get it if your mother needs you to feed her and you feed her that's not honor (laughs) that's requiting (laughs) hallelujah Then number four is you must honor according to rank. You get it? Now, this is a very important one, so let me just mention it. You know, you must honor according to what? Right. Right. You need to honor everyone according to their rank. It is much easier to honor people according to who they really are in your life. Do you get it? Now, there is a verse here. Look at this verse. First Samuel. I know I've been preaching for a long time, but I, I told you today is my... All right. Now, look at this. It says, plus I love my job. <laughs> so, it's a sign. <laughs> right. But just please, just bear with me. Let me show you this. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26. It says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priests, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an effort before me? 
And that I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation. And honorest thy sons above me. Do you see? He says, you are honoring your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and thy father, the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, saith the Lord, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So God was upset and saying that I made promises concerning your family. I said your family was going to be a, a, a family of priests. They would walk before me. They would do all these. They would represent me, in other words. you know. But when your sons messed up, your unwillingness to correct them meant that you were showing preference to them in terms of honor over me. Do you get it? And so because of that, I'm also going to demote your family. I'm not going to use your family. I won't make your family this great family I said I would make them anymore. You get it? And the reason is this, that those who honor me, I will honor them. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So by what you're doing, you have despised me. And so I'm not going to honor you. I'm going to lightly esteem you. Can you see that? Yes. You see? And so this happens. You cannot honor someone above the person's rank. It says you must not honor someone who is not as important with the same honor you give to a more important person. Do you understand that? Yes. So you can't treat um, 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 someone who is not as important with the same level of honor as you treat someone who is more important. You get it. For example, if you, if you decide to honor me, great. But if you honor me on the same level as you honor the prophet, then you've made a mistake. Does it make sense? Yes. You must, uh, because God was showing um, um, Samuel that you have taken your sons above me, but I should be above them. Do you, do you get the idea? That between your sons and myself, you know, what I say should be what you must respect. So his sons were the priests and they were misbehaving. And so he, he as the leader and the priest, was supposed to rebuke them and correct them. But he showed his sons respect and allowed his sons to abuse the priesthood. And so they didn't care as much about what God said as he did about how his sons would feel. Do you see? Yeah. And God said, your sons and I are not on the same level. So if you have to choose whose word and who must be respected, whose person must be respected, it should have been me. So you should have stood respecting me and rebuking your sons because of your respect for me. But instead, because of your respect for your sons, you make my word null and void. And he said, for doing that, 
I will also make your word null and void. So both you and your sons are fired. (laughs) Can you see that? Yes. Yes. You see, and there are interesting examples here. Okay. If someone advises you, you may choose to reject his advice. If another person advises you to do the same exact thing and you rather obey the second person, then you have honored the second person more than the first. So like your parents tell you to do something, you won't do it. But when Reverend Charles comes and he comes to tell you the same thing that your parents have been telling you to do and you do it, then now you have honored Reverend Charles above your parents. Do you, do you see the thing? Yes. That's why I'm saying that even with the, when we say honor your parents, it's not something we really do. We're happy that at least someone can talk to you. So in that regard, it's okay to obey Reverend Charles. But you have erred in honor. The fact that when your dad said it, you didn't do it. When your mom said it, you didn't do it. But when Reverend Charles, who does not pay your fees? Who doesn't pay your rent? Do you get it? Who doesn't pay your phone bill? Who doesn't feed you? Right? Reverend Charles, who doesn't do any of these things for you, but he is, of course, your reverend, whom you must listen to anyway. So I'm saying we're happy that at least someone can get into your life. But Reverend Charles shouldn't have been first. Do you see what I'm saying? So it means that you have honored him more than your parents. Right? Another example. It says, your husband may ask you to run up the staircase and you may disobey him. (laughs) But if your pastor tells you to run up the same staircase and you obey him, then your pastor is more honored than your husband. (laughs) Yes. There are husbands who can't get their wives to do anything. Even as simple as let's end the quarrel. Yeah. Let's end the quarrel. Husband says, let's end the quarrel. It won't end. But when the pastor comes to say, let's end the quarrel, then it ends. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. If it always takes apostle to bring peace... Apostle, apostle. (laughs) Apostle. (laughs) If it always takes apostle to bring peace, then you are living with someone you don't honor. It's the book. It's the book. That's why I'm saying the person who puts together such information, what does he deserve? Do you get it? Yes. There's a third one. He says that in honoring your pastor's instruction, you have shown that you actually despise your husband's instruction. That's part of the last one. Now, if a man of God comes to preach in your church, you may give him a hundred dollars as a honorarium. 
Another man of God may also be a speaker at the same program. You may choose to give him only $10. <laughs> the honor you give to the first person by giving him $100 shows that you honor him more. Can you understand that? Yeah, so maybe for you it may not be preaching, but even in giving of gifts to people, what you give is a reflection of the honor that you have for them, at least relative to others. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, and so on and so forth. There are other examples, but I think you should read the book. Amen. All right. Now, number five is honor with humility. That means it takes humility to accept somebody's greatness. Do you get it? You have to humble yourself to be able to accept that this is a great person. This person can do things I can't do. This person is more blessed than I am in whatever it is. Do you get it? In whatever areas. You have to accept that he is up and you are down. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Honor goes upwards. Honor is like that. Honor doesn't flow downwards. So for you to honor somebody truthfully, you have to humble yourself in relation to the person and somehow manage to see a greatness about that person in relation to you so that you can honor the person properly. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. And so that's what this woman did. The woman we read about, she was humble. She saw that Jesus was great. That's why she went to him. The Bible says she wiped his feet with her hair. And those feet had been on not streets of gold. <laughs> no. Do you see? Yes. In those days, everywhere was dusty. Even today. <laughs> the other day, I took note of how dusty my whole area is. Because I leave the car sitting outside there and it's washed. And a day or two after when you come, the whole car is dirty, yes. So that's the air we're breathing. <laughs> you see, yes. But the woman washed. The Bible says she broke the perfume. We already know the value. It was a million dollars. And then she brought it and she broke it. And then she put her hair in there. Wow meant a lot. She said, Jesus, you mean a lot to me. Hallelujah. And the last one is honor before it is too late. Right? Honor before what? It is too late. Don't wait till too late to recognize the greatness of someone that God has placed in your life. Amen. We as a church should not wait till the day we hear God forbid that our prophet is gone to be with the Lord. Yeah. Then suddenly, even people will say, I want to go to Accra. <laughs> I want to travel. I, can I also go? Can I also go? What about now? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Caitlin, we're going to Ghana one of these days. Yes, yes. What about now? Why do we have to wait to go and attend a funeral when we can actually go and attend a camp or a convention? 
or a meeting where we can meet him and see him at his church and say hello to him. Like they went to Ghana and they came back and their lives have not been the same. Yeah. Lots of testimonies there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Why not you? Why do you have to wait till there's a bad situation? You get it? And then you wait forever because there won't be one soon anyway. If that's what you're waiting for. Hallelujah. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late before you start to write a tribute. Just last week I told you, write a nice note and send it and let's send it to him. You get it? I hope you brought your notes. Yeah? I enjoyed your poem. Huh? Yes. So you should, you, should, you should send it to him. But everybody can write something. Everybody can write something and say, introduce yourself and say, I'm so and so in so and so church. And I just want to say thank you to you for even starting a church. Do you get it? For writing books. For giving us like a glimpse into this. I was just telling him that you've given us a chance, a front row access to supernatural things. Yes, we used to read about these things in magazines and even that it wasn't recently. <laughs> a long time ago. You see, so for you to bring us into this and this is part of our ministry, the ministry we are in now, this is what is happening, I think is a blessing. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So don't wait till it's too late. If you have parents and so on that you must honor, don't wait till it's too late. And put them in a golden casket. <laughs> and rent one of those Cadillacs. Do you get it? When you won't rent them a Kia while they are alive. All they're asking for is a small Kia 40 for the weekend. That is bringing an argument. But you're willing to rent one of those big Cadillacs. You know, Joe Smolensky and family <laughs> funeral home. <laughs> Do you see? Yes, with your golden casket and with flowers. Yes. And there are people who specialize in receiving the rewards of late honors. What I mean by the rewards of late honors, most people honor the dead, it's too late. But at that point, that's when they are at their peak, willing to pay anything to honor those people. So some people have realized that and have decided to cash in on that. Yeah, so they arrange a few flowers for someone who is so broken and who is willing to pay anything and they just arrange the flowers and you pay. <laughs> because they know you will. You won't even bargain or you won't even you know, negotiate anything because, you know, anything for the debt costs as much as they're asking for and you pay. Yeah, you pay. We'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this from the ground to the hairs to the flowers to the tents and to whatever Anything that's involved, especially things that will go on the person. Because people feel obligated to honor the person at that time. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes when you go to the funeral home, they'll show you a range of things. This one is, uh, this is $150 uh, for this girl. 
this, this one is a really nice one. This, this is good. This is thousand dollars. Yeah. This is made of who cares what it's made of. <laughs> you get it. But they know you care at that point. Your late care. Your late care. They are making you pay for your late care. Yes. This, it's made of, um, you know, it's made of, and it really lasts. It will last a long time. Yeah. It's going into the ground and we are concerned about how long it will last. Yes. This is great. This is good quality. Just feel it. Feel it. Yeah. So you look at it, you know, and compare it to that polyester one. And you think, no, my mom doesn't deserve this, you know. And so you buy this. Yeah. But... They're just watching you play your games. When you had a chance to honor her, you argued with her. You counted your pennies. You brought all sorts of restrictions. You made all sorts of rules and you didn't. She says, come home and eat lunch with me. You said, no. Call me once a week. No, there's a problem. You know, over here we pay for the phone, eh? Hallelujah. Are you blessed today? How many have learned something? Wonderful. Amen. And so I want to encourage all of you. Don't wait till it's late. That's what Jesus said. That's the only comment Jesus had about the woman. He said, leave her alone because she has done it against my burial. Do you see? In other words, she has done it in anticipation of my burial. What you will come and do later. She has done it while I'm alive. Do you see? Yes. Let's not honor people when it's too late. I remember one time when I was transferred from one of the churches to another and I was leaving and then some people came to me and they were crying. I said, look at you. When I was standing here preaching, you wouldn't even come to church. You wouldn't even come to church. Now I'm leaving is as though you are losing something. You're losing nothing. Get out of here. <laughs> Look at your eyes. <laughs> Take your fake crying away. You want me to, to toast my destiny on your fakeness. When I was standing here preaching every day, you wouldn't even come. When you came to church, you had an attitude like, I was really lucky. I was lucky that you came to church. I think you should stand to your feet. And let's Hallelujah. It's a really great book. I want you all to get your copies. Okay. I want you all to get your copies. And we want everybody to have, you know, the books in the church are free now. We have free e-copies that we'd like to give to everybody, right? Um, actually, I can even, we can do that today, right? I have access to it. So we can give everybody, so everybody can have your own e-set of, your book, of the books, okay? Yeah, and put them on your phone. So you have a book always with you. And so if I come to church and I'm preaching, I say, I'm preaching from such and such a book. All you do is you just go straight to the book and you have it. Do you understand? Yes. Now, these ones, we sell them because it's paper that 
has to be paid for. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. But the material itself is free. You can have it. Amen. God bless you. I want you to bow your heads and pray. Everybody, let's pray right now and ask God to bless our prophet and anoint him even more. Pray for the prophet and ask God to anoint him even more. God to lift him up and promote him and bless him. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Father, we are thanking you for our prophet's life. Thank you for the great grace you have showered upon him. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Jesus. Pray, everybody, lift up your voice and begin to pray and say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for great grace. We pray for greater anointings, new giftings and new dimensions of ministry, Lord. Protect him, Lord. Protect his family. Deliver him from evil in the name of Jesus. Let it be well with him. Let it be well with him. Let it be well with his household. Let it be well with all that concerns him, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We're grateful to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Sing it again. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be a vessel you were through. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be a vessel you You work through. I want to be be more like you. Now, as we close this service, maybe you're here or you're online, but you know in your heart that you're not saved. Today is a good day to be saved. Today is a good day to come closer to God. It's a good day to give your life to Jesus. And so if you're with us and you're saying, Pastor, pray with me because I want to give my life to Jesus. I want a change in my life. Only Jesus can bring about that change you're looking for. And it begins by asking him to come into your life. 
So I want you to pray this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus. Say it with me, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. And you died for my sins. Lord Jesus. Please forgive my sins. I confess all my sins. Let your blood wash me. And let your blood cleanse me. And make me a child of God. Thank you Jesus. Say it again. Say thank you Jesus. Now please write my name. In your book of life. My name is, and mention your name. Say it again. Say, my name is Lord Jesus. Please write this particular name in your book of life. Make me a child of God and help me to serve you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, can you bring the communion over and let's have communion? Jesus said, except ye eat the, this bread, my flesh, and drink my blood, ye have no life in you. I think we have, com do we have communion yeah. with yeah. the prophet today? Awesome. Wow. Hallelujah. We've missed having communion with the prophet so make sure that you participate today amen Jesus thank you Lord take your holy communion those of you online take your communion do you have communion yet do you have yours good all right are we ready okay let's go over to the first love center and join the prophet if you have that is a blessing lift it up high father thank you for the opportunity Come before the holy table. Your word says, By his stripes we are healed. Amen. And so we lift up the body of Christ and believe that by the stripes of Jesus yes. we are totally healed. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for the holy communion. Yes. May you receive completely and may you be prevented from developing any strange disease by the body of Jesus Christ. Receive the body of Christ.
this blood father we lift up this wine this drink before you we say let this become the blood pay for every mistake you have ever made and may your debts be cancelled and your sins be washed away by the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ your hands for your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you online, also lift your hands for your blessing. Yes. May the Lord bless you. Amen. May the Lord give you peace. Yes. May the Lord save your life and save your ministry. May you not suffer loss any longer. Lord make his face shine on you and the Lord give you peace I bless all my children my children in the realm of the spirit my children who the Lord has given to me children to me both biological and spiritual and any other type of child and the Lord himself bless you and the Lord himself cover you and the Lord himself give you peace be blessed be healed, be comforted, be encouraged. I banish evil spirits from your life. I pray for you and I pray the Lord intervene in your life. The Lord send his angel to fight for you. Amen. To heal you of every disease. Amen. Lord answer your deepest prayers. The Lord give you answers and solutions to every crisis to every impossible situation in the name of Jesus let this blessing dwell and rest on everyone here in Jesus name let me hear your loudest amen hallelujah hallelujah amen the Lord answer your deepest prayers amen and the Lord give you a solution to every crisis in your life. In the name of Jesus. Receive that blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right. You may be seated.